think I'm the sex party type of guy. I am very much a one-on-one -on -one person. I don't like group. Even with one-on-one, -on -one, this might seem strange. I don't like too much going on at once. A lot of guys, and you know, I've talked about this before, I don't have sensitive nipples. So like a lot, I don't know. And I'm very ticklish. Um, and if there's too many hands or too many things going on at once, it just isn't my thing. It was different with Sam and, and, and James. That was different. That was different. Um, but usually, I don't know. I just don't like too much. I can get sensory overload really, really quickly. And I'm just not the sex party type of guy. One thing that I'm learning with Amir, and I guess I've knew it, known it all along, it just didn't really settle on me. So back when I first met Amir and we first started to date, he would regularly engage or excuse me, um, initiate hooking up at my job in the showers. And I thought, you know, and I'm sure part of it was, you know, we were it was new for us and we really liked each other. We really liked each other. Um, and I thought that it was all just, you know, like you're in the, the honeymoon phases of love type of thing. Um, and like we were just craving each other. I certainly was. And I know he was too. I didn't put it together until recently that Amir really likes to be watched. And Amir really likes the thrill of almost getting caught. And that is definitely not my thing. Now, granted, I've messed around in enough risky places to have gotten caught and to have almost gotten caught a number of times, but it's never been my desire. I've always preferred one-on-one. -on -one. I always prefer being at a place that's private enough to express yourself. I don't even like to go on dates. I really don't. Like, a lot of guys will be like, oh, let's go get a coffee. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. And I know a lot of it is like my self-preservation, not wanting to be seen as gay out in public because, you know, you put yourself at a certain amount of risk. You never know who's going to feel what way about what. And it's not such a big deal in the city where I am, but other places it is. And you don't get rid of those, those defense mechanisms and those survival instincts. They don't just disappear overnight. Um, so like when guys would say things to me, like, you know, let's go grab coffee. I'd be like, no, <laughs> like why? Or I would suggest something else. And also too, on top of all of that, like, I don't want other people involved in my, I, I tend to refrain from small talk. I tend for my conversations with people when I'm trying to get to know to know them and I really have a desire to know them. I tend to go deep in conversation and the conversations go really deep. I don't think that it's and, you know, you can talk me down here, but I don't find it appropriate to have people within arm's reach of you listening to you spill your guts about you know, your traumatic upbringing or, you know, what you like to do in bed. And like, I don't know, it just always feels like such an odd suggestion to me to like go get coffee. And I know that that's weird. I know that that's not normal. I know that going to get coffee is a very normal thing. I just don't like it. I don't like it. I get super paranoid. Somebody's over my shoulder on a laptop typing away and I'm like, are you taking notes? You know what I mean? Um, and anyway, I say all that to say, I'm very private and sex parties aren't my 
particular cup of tea. I've been to a couple. I've been to a few, actually. Um, and I really just have learned, and I'm learning the more that I'm, you know, the gayer I am, the more I'm messing around with guys that I'm not for everybody. I like one-on-one. And I know a lot of us here are gay. I don't know if, if you're not gay, say like you're, for whatever reason, you know, not into, how do I say this? Like if you're, never mind. I'll just put it like this. In the dating scene or in like the hookup scene, I just realized like how, if there's no personal connection for me, it's not worth it. I'd rather use my hands. I would much rather use my hands than put my, myself at risk with a stranger. And I am accepting of the fact that Amir is not that way. It scares me. The idea of being so close to someone, so emotionally invested in someone like I am with Amir. Um, cheating. Or just one day it falling apart. You know what it's like when you think everything's going well and then you get ghosted? Or, you know, you're talking to somebody and the conversation's going really, really well and you say something that they find off-putting or something and instead of like communicating it and I am a bit of an over communicator but instead of communicating like how you feel they just withdraw that idea scares me with Amir and we talk so much and so well I don't think that's like a thing I would hope that's that wouldn't that would never that wouldn't be a thing but you never know you really don't know. I have a friend who I started to work with at the corporate office. Um, well, she she works at the corporate office. I work out at the club. Um, but I'm at the corporate office a lot more than I would even want to be. Um, and we just hit it off. She's so cool. She's so nice. Um, even though she's, I feel like she's low-key judgmental of gay people in a way that I'm not cool with. And she says this thing that like gets under my skin. And like, it really gets under my skin and I shouldn't let it, but, um, she'll say, so she'll say things like, oh, I'm a Christian or as a Christian, this, that, and this. And I'm just like, hmm. all of my sexual stuff aside, which I haven't really gone into with her. The only reason why you would think that I'm not a Christian is because I'm gay. I don't know. I don't, I don't get into it with her because I don't want to cuss her out. And I don't want to get into that place where, like, I don't want to have a debate. How do I say this? I don't want to debate. I don't want to debate, like, her foundation. Especially when her foundation is so, at its core, built on, built on hypocrisy. Like, the judgment. And the not leading a moral life. And and it's not just like you can't make mistakes. I'm not saying you can't make quote unquote mistakes. I personally don't see a lot of those things as mistakes. Um, but it's 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 the need to it's the need to 
I don't know. I feel like if you really are about that and if you really are, you know, this loving person and not to get into a big old uh, theological debate, but if you really were what you say you are and if you were about the God that you say that you're about, I don't know. I don't see the fruit. They say, you know, tree bites fruit. I don't see the fruit. Anyway, though, I do. I do have a lot of respect and care about this person. Um, She's really nice. She's about 32, I would say, and she is pressed. And she, or I should say, she was pressed. She was all about like, I got to find my man. I got to find my man. I'm getting older. I need to settle down. I worked all this. I worked X amount of years, you know, trying to develop this career. And now I have the career that I want and I don't have a man. And finally, she found somebody that she liked. And I was mad excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I got to meet him. Bring him by the club so I can meet him. And one day she shoots me with a text and she's like, we're in town. Can I come see you? And I was like, of course. So she rolls up. She comes in my office and I see the bling coming off her finger. And I'm like, I'm so excited. And I'm celebrating with her. We're so happy. And I'm like, well, where is he? I thought you guys were both coming. She's like, oh, he just went to the bathroom. And so I'm pressing her for details. We're going into it. Her man comes out the bathroom and my stomach nearly falls out of my ass. I know him. Yeah, like that. I know him. I know him from my old club. I know him from a time when I was not as guarded as I am now. Ugh, okay, so his name was Ben. Um, he was the type of guy who anytime he spoke to you, he made you feel like you were the most important person in the room. He was charming. All the girls liked him. Um, and he was a mad flirt, crazy mad flirt. And one of the things that he did was he used the tanning beds a lot. And I knew this. So I was surprised one day when I was restocking our drink cabinet, which was located back in the back behind the desk um, over where the tanning beds is. It's like often tucked in a corner around, around the desk. And I heard him say, hey, can you help me out with this? And I was like, huh? And I opened the tanning bed door. I don't even know how he knew I was out there. He must have heard me going back and forth. He's like, hey, can you help me out with this? This, this isn't coming on. And I looked, and he had his head peeked around the corner. Now, granted, I don't know. I don't use tanning beds. I didn't know anything about tanning beds or how this worked. I didn't know you had to get naked to get into a tanning bed. I didn't know any of this stuff. I just knew that we had special disinfectant to clean out the tanning beds whenever you needed. Um, anyway, so I go in there, and he's completely naked. And I was like, um, um, and I looked at the bed, and it was queued up, ready to go. I said, did you hit the start button? And it's like, oh, shoot, there it is. Okay. And I was like, what? You tan all the time. How do you not know this? And he's like, close it on me, will you? He flips off the light, climbs into the bed. I mean, he's completely naked. His dick is soft, hanging at about six and a half inches. And he lays on his back, facing upward. And I'm just like looking around, like trying to figure out a place, you know, to set my eyes. And I close the bed on him. And I hit the start button and it glows this, this bright 
purple. I don't know if you've ever been into a tanning room when it's on. Thing is really bright. You have to wear protective goggles to be in there. I didn't have mine on. He had his. And I turned to leave because it's kind of hurting my eye. Well, I turned to leave anyway because I'm not supposed to be in there with him. And his arm shoots out of the out of the side of the tanning bed and grabs my joggers as I turn and he yanks them back. And like he grabs me by my pocket and he gets his hand hooked in there and he kind of pulls and it tears. I'm like, hey, dude, what, like what? What are you doing? And he just starts to work like massaging like my bulge and like pulling my pants down. And I'm like, dude, and I don't say anything. I just kind of like kneel down on my knees. At this point, I had a lot of hookups. And so I was surprised, but I wasn't shocked. And I was kind of eager to get it on. And I kneeled down so he can get a clearer angle at me. And he pulls mine out. And he makes some comment about it. And then he just gets to work sucking me off. He's jerking himself off while he's sucking me in this tanning bed. He comes shortly after I come. And that was, that was pretty much it. Except for when I got to work the next day. There's a really expensive pair of joggers waiting for me. And all of this is going through my mind as I meet my friend. Her name is Sherry. As I meet her soon-to-be husband, her fiancé, he sees me, I see him, and we both remember what happened. I'm not going to say anything. I didn't say anything at all. I played it off. But I could see it in his eyes that he was kind of like nervous that I would say something. And I bring that up just to think, I just, I asked her, I asked Sherry, I was like, so what would you do if your husband ever suggested, I mean, her being a, her having her religious beliefs that she has, I asked her what would she do if like her husband suggested you know like something like pegging or maybe even like that maybe he messed around with a guy once upon a time now i did it in a way that she wouldn't suspect and she just looked at me very matter-of-factly and be like oh it's over and i was like oh shit so like i didn't say anything and i wasn't gonna say anything it just makes me think about like i don't know i'm nervous i'm nervous thinking about like Amir, and like, how far is he wanting to go with all of this stuff? Does he want an open relationship? I don't want that. I don't want it. But if he wants it, I can adapt. I know I'm supposed to be honest. I know I'm supposed to over-communicate. I know I'm supposed to tell him like, hey... I only want you. I've done enough. I've seen enough. And I know enough to know that it doesn't get any better. I have everything I could possibly want with you. And it stings because I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm not enough. 
And I know I'm supposed to express these things. But if I do, I can't take those words back. And if I do, Amir is going to give me what I want. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I'm, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to, how do I say this? Sorry. I'm afraid that he'll resent me. Low key. Like if this is something that he really wants and if at the end of the day, he's committed to me, like our connection is so much deeper than just the sex. Maybe the sex is just the sex. So maybe I can, maybe, maybe we can share, maybe we can share that. And maybe, um, you know, the other stuff is just between us. I go to James and James is like, so I go to James and um, we're out at James's house in the backyard. I have Thomas and um, um, Samantha hasn't made it home yet. And we're sitting out in the backyard and James is grilling and I'm telling him about how things are going and how things went with, with um, Amir's father and James is happy. And um, I tell him about this party that's coming up. And James looks at me and he kind of rolls his eyes. He's like, really? And I was like, that's what I thought. Like, that's what I said. I was like, I don't, I mean, it's not, it's not that I, it's not that big of a deal, I guess, to me. Like, it's just sex, you know? But I think James thought the same thing that I was thinking. Like, we were going to, I don't know, settle down. I Settling sounds so bad. It just, I just felt so, I just feel so content with just us. I don't feel like it needs to be anything else. I don't need anything else. And James's sentiment was very much kind of the same thing. Oddly enough, James and Samantha wanted us to do kind of like a three-way thing. Um, so I, I don't really know how to feel. But what James said to me was essentially, you guys make sense, just the two of you guys. Be careful introducing more into the relationship. And I was like, I know. And I told him that I don't want to do it. And he said, well, you need to tell him that. And I was like, I know. He's like, so why don't you? And I was like, I don't know. I did know. But I didn't, I didn't, I felt weird. I felt lame saying it anyway. I felt kind of dumb saying it to James, how I felt about, about wanting to please Amir. And not wanting to, wanting him to be fully satisfied, you know? James is a very direct person, um, generally speaking. If it's on his mind, he'll say it if he thinks that it's important. Um, so I'm not surprised by this advice. It just doesn't really seem helpful to me. I don't know what I'm looking for. I know what I want. And I don't know how to get what I want without losing what I really want. And now I've turned it into this whole, you know, ordeal that it doesn't really have to be going to this party. Like, I can handle myself at a party. I can handle myself at a party like this. But I find that now I'm dreading going. 
But I told Amir already, like, I said, it's cool that we go. I'm totally fine with it. And he seems excited, so here we go. But before we go, I should actually probably clarify this. Both him and I are on preventive medications. And we've also agreed to not do anything without a condom. Not do anything penetrative without a condom. Oral is fine, but penetrative stuff is all going to be with a condom. So we go to this party. And we go back to the chef's house. And we get there. And we're there kind of late. Amir said, we go late. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and by late, um, we show up an hour after the chef told us that the party's starting. And so we get there and things are already just getting kicked off. Amir knew what he was doing. He was like, we'll go late. That way we're not in like the awkward mingling and talking stage. And like things will actually be going on by the time that we get there. And they are. The first thing I notice once we get past the gate and we drive up to the house, the, the door, the front door is open. Um, we go into like the foyer and there's music playing kind of like low to club music, you know? Um, and I can hear guys talking and I can hear moans coming from like every single room. Like we walk past, like there's an entryway and then there's like a side room and a bathroom and I can hear moaning. And then there's, it walks, you go further in and then there's like the, kind of like the grand entryway of the house with like the kitchen and the living room. And the kitchen is fine. The kitchen is not compromised. She is not compromised. But look to the left and there's got to be like seven or eight people on the couch just getting railed. And I look at Amir, and he's loving it. His eyes go wide. He smiles. He looks at me. I look at him, and he just disrobes. And I follow his lead. I take off my shirt. I take off my belt and my pants, my shoes. I leave my underwear on, though. I don't know why I left my underwear on. Um, and Amir just kind of takes my hand and we go kind of touring around the house, just watching everything, watching all the sights. It's pretty hot, honestly. Amir takes me by the hand and leads me into the backyard. The chef is in his pool. There's got to be like 30 guys out there. It's, let me not pass judgment. I was going to say it's gross, but it's not gross. It's just a lot. And the chef is in the pool railing some guy. And he sees us and he's like, hey, what's up? And like, we just kind of nonchalantly wave. I'm kind of like, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm trying my best not to stand out and be like weird and awkward. Um, and Amir the whole time is just, like, taking it all in. Like, he's loving it. Like, his dick is rock hard. And other guys are coming around and, like, touching up on him and feeling up on him. They're not even paying attention to me because I have my underwear on. Um, but Amir is quite a sight. He's quite a sight to see um, when he's naked. All the time, really. But when he's naked especially. 
and like people are coming up and they're like grabbing on his dick and I'm trying not to get like possessive. I try to let him have like fun and stuff. And then finally Amir turns to me just as almost like he can read the fact that like I'm jealous. And he turns to me and he kisses me. And like kind of to get the other guys off of him, I just jump and like I wrap his whole body up with my legs, with my hands and he's holding me. And then he starts to like take off my my underwear and he's like fingering me out and stuff. Um, and we just start going at it. We just start going at it. Amir gets my underwear completely off. And now I notice other people are really starting to pay attention to us. And Amir walks me into the pool. And the chef comes over. And he's like, hey, try this. And he's got this lubricant. He's like, it's waterproof. And right in the middle of everything, in the pool, I get fucked. Amir fucks me hard. And I know that I was apprehensive at first. But there's something about the way, like, I'm looking around and there's like 30 eyes, 30 pairs of eyes trained on us. And Amir's just looking at me. I know Amir likes to be watched. And while it was uncomfortable, I liked it. If I'm being honest, I liked it. Okay, so as of right now, I realize like a lot of my, a lot of, a lot of my outlets are spread out all over the place. I have a blog, I have Reddit, I have Twitter, I have an Instagram I don't use, I have this, I have an OnlyFans, and I'm like, hmm. With everything that happened with Spotify, like pulling all my episodes down, I thought I need to find a good place to back all of this stuff up at. A good place to back all this stuff up. And I think what I'm going to do is put everything. Now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna continue doing the podcast here and distribute it where you're listening to it right now, here. So this is always like free and available for as long as you know I have this show. But I'm considering this is what I plan to do. All of my written material, even my um, you know, my naughty audio stuff. Um, which I'm not doing enough of yet. And all of my podcasts, I want all in one place. So what, I th- what I'm going to do is reduce the price of my OnlyFans down to five bucks a month and put all of it there in case, in case you want a centralized location to get all of my stuff. Everything that I do, you know, minus like a tweet or something like that. Um, It'll all be in one place. Now, this stuff, the podcast, I always want to be free and I always want it to be available on these outlets. But I do want a backup and I want a place where I don't have to like, you know, because like the blog is like post my stuff on the blog, post the stuff over on Reddit, post the stuff all over the place. I really want it to be condensed down into one place. So if you'd like to find me, I'm going to leave a link for my OnlyFans. Yes, I said OnlyFans. Um, I've always been so hesitant to say because I didn't want the, I didn't want the um, big brother to come down on me <laughs> uh, listening to my every word. 
and now that big brother has um and i'm no longer sponsored it's like i'll say what i want to say um so yes i will put all of that stuff on only fans it's not going to be everything all at once right away but i do want it to a centralized location for everything so hope to see you there um furthermore this episode kind of opens up a discussion that i've really been curious about your take on the idea of open relationships i know a lot of us are in them i know a lot of us have been in them if even if we're not in them right now um and i'm i'm curious to know what your take is if you've been in an open relationship first of all what's your opinion but if you've been in an open relationship, I'm very curious to know who started it, who proposed the idea first, and were you okay with that? Or if you were the person who posed the idea first, was the other person okay with posting it first? Anyway, I, I'm curious about this issue. So if you can message me, um, you can either respond to this episode or you can message me directly via email or any way you choose to message me at social media or whatever. Um, I, I really would like to know the answer to that. Um, again, just to wrap things up, OnlyFans, reducing the price, all of my stuff I want centralized in that location. Um, and if not, you know, this part's always free. Um, and I'm always, you know, you can reach out to me a bunch of ways right now. <laughs> um, also, too, the official playlist for Mr. Brooks Locker Room Confessions. I'm always looking for new music to put on that. I would love us all to, like, have our contribution on the playlist. I have so many things that remind me of Amir. My favorite. I just found this guy. Um, but he has a song called Lick Lick. LK LK. Oh, my gosh. I, as soon as I heard it, I almost had to pull off the road and, like, save it. And then um, there's he has another song called The Baba. I didn't even know that they were. Check out the playlist. You'll you'll hear it. Um, but I didn't even know it was the same artist who does it. I was just like, what is this? I got to have this on the list. Um, so I added it like almost right away. If you reach out to me with a contribution, I do, though, want to know why you chose this particular song. Does it remind you of somebody in your own life? Does it remind you of somebody from you know, the stories, I want to know. I want to know. So let me know. Don't just send me like, oh, at this song. Tell me like why you chose the song. That makes it that makes it more fun for me. See you in the next episode.